Hey y'all, welcome to Title Pending. I'm your host, Rocket, and we're here to talk about the Week 8 game between the Cowboys and the Bears. Cowboys won 49-29. Uh, we're going to break it down quarter by quarter, uh, and I'll talk about some of the things I noticed while doing so. Uh, this is the Cowboys' last game before the bye week, so I wouldn't expect anything about them uh, in terms of podcasts, at least until Week 10. The trade deadline is tomorrow. So maybe I'll do a podcast about that. I'm, I don't know what I want from the Cowboys really at the deadline. I'll probably talk about that at the end of the podcast for any wishes I have going in and some complaints and overall thoughts about the game. But we'll go ahead and start uh, with the first quarter. Uh, Dallas ended up receiving the kickoff. Uh, so first drive, Cowboys really started out incredible offensively. Dak was amazing in this game. They got some runs going with Pollard. Uh, they complete. They converted third downs. Really, is one of the things that this offense had really been struggling with. Cooper Rush was not good when they were putting him in straight passing situations. It was a lot of play action, a lot of just trying to keep him from having to be in straight passing situations. And Dak was absolutely phenomenal in this game in straight passing situations. There was a penalty on a first down that Dak did after a third down to Michael Gallup on a deep slant uh, for twelve in the huddle, which I was really annoyed with in this game. That, that felt like one of those discipline penalties that cost us both the Niners game. And really, you could trace it back all the way down to the 2016 game against the Packers. That's just stuff that can't happen. I was really upset with that penalty, but Dak was so phenomenal in this game, I, it ended up not mattering. They ran a play-action rollout when they got to the red zone. Dak ended up... Uh, Jake Ferguson ended up stumbling, and Dak was, going, was rolling out to his right. Ferguson stumbles... And Dak had a chance to run that in for a touchdown. When he didn't, he tried to throw it to Michael Gallup in the end zone. He was open, but Dak missed him by a full yard. It was it was not a great throw. And there were some worries after that throw. I saw on Twitter, like, everybody was expecting Dak to just run that in, and old Dak probably does run that in. Uh, but basically the next play, that, that was all cleared away when Dak ran in for the touchdown, and it was 7-0 Dallas immediately. And... If you can get Chicago behind and you can get them to start relying on their passing game, things get ugly because they don't have the receivers to keep up. Chicago's first drive after that, they Chicago had a penalty, uh, and that pretty quickly set them back. We did, we did a good job of containing fields on that, on that drive, and overall the Chicago tackles were not able to keep our edge rushers off fields one-on-one. So they ended up punting, quick three and out, easy, easy money. Second drive, Cowboys are driving. One of the things that I feel like Dak does not get enough credit for is his pre-snap ability. He's arguably the best pre-snap quarterback in the NFL besides maybe Brady. Uh, He doesn't have the athletic gifts of a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, but if you are not trying, if you are not running almost perfect defense, Dak is going to identify pre-snap where he needs to go, and it's just beautiful to watch. When he's when he's winning like that pre-snap, there was a run run on first and second down in the red zone and that got us into third and long and I was really nervous we were gonna end up kicking a field goal and keep it in but no Dak found C D Lamb in between the corner and the safety in the left in the left side of the end zone and it was quickly fourteen nothing at that point you're thinking oh this is gonna be an easy game and it's gonna be a blowout but Chicago responded on the sec- on their second drive. They had a jet sweep with Velas Jones that got a big that bought a, got a big gain. We did a much worse job of keeping Fields in the pocket on that second drive. 
Uh, that drive was moving into the second quarter. There was a really nice play call, I thought, to move the pocket with Fields. Uh, Fields, they had the play rolling to the left. You had, the, you had all the linemen pulling to the left, and then Fields would end up turning the other way to go to the right. And he had the option to throw or to run with the field basically wide open because... And moving the pocket for Fields takes advantage of his legs, which is basically his most important asset right now with their lack of receivers and lack of ability to really get anybody open. They did poor job, just a poor job of keeping Fields contained on that drive. Uh, he got a QB draw for a really nice touchdown, which made it 14-7, and maybe you're a little, you're a little worried. Uh, but the third drive really is where I think Dallas established the tone of that Chicago was not going to be able to keep up. Uh, Tony Pollard, starting for Zeke in this game, he was phenomenal. 14 carries, 131 yards, three touchdowns, and a couple catches for 20 more yards. He was incredible, and he had a and he ended up capping that drive with a touchdown. So it was 21-7 after three drives. Dallas had not been stopped yet at all. Uh, Chicago gets the ball back down 21-7. You get Osa Odigizuwa to get his second sack of the year on second and long, which put Chicago in third and long and. If you can get Chicago in third and long, you, you're not winning against this pass rush, uh, which they did a really good job when Chicago got in third and long stopping them. So they punted it back. Dallas gets the ball up 21-7, and Dak can basically put in the kill shot. He was excellent just on this drive to kept moving the ball. He had a pass to Malik Davis, uh, backup running back with Zeke out. Malik Davis thought he had a touchdown. Didn't get it, but then on the very next play at the one-yard line, uh, Malik, we, the entire Chicago defense thought they were going to Malik Davis. They call play action. You had Jake Ferguson wide open the touchdown. Him and Peyton Hendershot is one, are one of my favorite stories of the, of the season so far as the rookie tight end. With Schultz being a free agent, I think Ferguson and Hendershot are the future of the tight end position for the Cowboys, and I think Ferguson in particular looks like that that guy that maybe you could use to replace Schultz as Dak's reliable security blanket. Now, despite my claiming of Schultz moving this offseason, I think Dak and Schultz have an incredible connection. And this game, whenever Dak needed him, Schultz was there went to keep to keep drives moving and keep positive plays going. So yeah, you had Jake Ferguson touchdown. It's twenty eight seven. You're thinking this might end up being a forty point blowout. You're thinking this might be it. Uh, but then Chicago gets on the next drive. We just really struggled to keep Fields contained after the first drive. Uh, a lot of miss, a lot of missed tackles. A lot of Fields worming his way out of sacks. Uh, Chicago's driving down the field, and Fields throws an interception. Ball gets tipped by Chauncey Golston. Trayvon Diggs has it. Gets a solid return. Gets taken back for. Roughing the passer on Golston. And I think this is one of the things that I have issues with with the NFL right now. Roughing the passer is so inconsistent. This is not just a Cowboys thing. This is an entire league thing. You saw with Brady Jarrett when he tried to sack Tom Brady. Gets the sack. It's not even an ugly. It's not even really anything more than normal hit. And it just does not does not happen. And I don't know what you're expecting Golston to do on that other than defy gravity he's up in the air trying to tip the ball he comes down and he comes out in infield's face and there's just nothing you can do about that uh so that on the very next play you get you give him a touchdown to khalil herbert and uh it's just brutal as a as a momentum shifting play 
And then, so Chicago kicks it off. Dallas gets the ball. And Dak's trying to do too much because you got 40 seconds left in the second quarter. You're trying to get extra points. Do you have a timeout? 40 seconds left, timeout. Chicago did a really good job of eating clock on the previous drive. And Dak's just pushing it because he's feeling himself. He had been borderline perfect until that point. Fifth, and he throws this, this deep crosser to CeeDee Lamb. Eddie Jackson makes an excellent play, picks it off, and Chicago's set up with great field position. I know that people want to focus on the throw. I think the throw is fine, considering the situation. I like the aggressiveness to go get points. I like the idea of having your wide receiver one or your theoretical wide receiver one go and make a play. CD, while yeah, he maybe could have fought for it more and Dak could have maybe done a better job of placing it, it's really just an excellent play by Eddie Jackson. The defense gets paid to play too. Sometimes things happen. Chicago's defense has been really good in the air, and Eddie Jackson has been a real big part of that. He's having a resurgent season after he was really struggling the last the last year. So that takes it into halftime. Chicago doesn't really get anything going on the drive, so they kick a field goal. So it's 28-17 at halftime, and the over for this game was basically hit at halftime. It was not not what Vegas was expecting in terms of in terms of score. So Chicago actually ends up receiving the ball after halftime and that so you're thinking they might be able to get back in this game uh on second down though on their drive Quentin Bohanna makes a humongous run stuff uh to keep to get them to third and long and on third and long Chicago's offense is basically just have Justin Fields do something crazy and hope for the best and obviously it didn't work but great punt by their punter Trenton Gill he's a rookie he's having a great rookie season from what I've seen of him uh, he gets Dallas pinned at the five, and Gallup has a drop on third down. They have a run to Pollard on second down. Just a bad drive as a whole. Three and out. Chicago's got decent field position. On the first play on Chicago's seventh drive, uh, 28-17, Jaron Curse looks like he might have forced a fumble on Khalil Herbert. D- turns out that on, that on replay that he got the ball back, and so... Overturned. Chicago gets to drive again. Biting on play action. Just Chicago did an excellent job play calling in this game. I think the bye week really helped them. Him, Justin Fields seems to come into his own a little bit. They don't have the best receivers, but the play calling in this game I thought was excellent for Chicago, and they really fooled the Dallas defensive points. So they get a touchdown, makes it 28-23. They go for two to make it to try and make it a three-point game. I'm not really sure about that decision, honestly. It feels too early to really care about that. So that that two-point conversion gets punished. Demarcus Lawrence just absolutely blasts Justin Fields as he's dropping back. Fields doesn't even look like he sees him. And at that point, it's 28-23. The momentum's completely shifted. You're starting to worry that maybe Chicago might have a chance. And Dak just says no on the next drive. It's 28-23. Dak gets them to jump off sides. And there, he gets a huge 39-yard play to Dalton Schultz on a free play. And that's the type of chemistry that you don't see out of Dak with some of the other receivers. Like, him and Gallup have that kind of chemistry, but we've been waiting to see him and CD kind of have that chemistry ever since Dak shattered his ankle in 2020. Dak uh, and CD, like, when before Dak got hurt, you saw a lot of seam throws to CD before he broke his ankle. And then after that, it's been really hit or miss with him and CD as to how the chemistry looks. Really, Dalton Schultz was the star of that drive. 
with him and Dak really connecting, especially on rollouts. Uh, Dak had a rollout to the right to Schultz for about 10, 15 yards. Then he also had another rollout to CD for 10 to 15 yards. And in between, they actually got Cavante Turpin finally involved in the offense with a nice end around to get his speed used. I like that Turpin at least got a touch in this game as a end around gadget guy. He's a decent gadget guy. I would like to see him get more involved in the offense, maybe receiving-wise, get him out in open space. Kind of like the Chiefs and Miami use Tyreek Hill a bit. And it ends up in a Pollard touchdown on a drive that was pretty much entirely led by Dak. And that is 35-23, and you're feeling good again. You're thinking, okay, the offense has got this, no matter how much Chicago gashes the defense. But the defense really gets it together. Uh, you get a Dante Fowler sack on second down on their next drive to get to get them in third and long. Fields makes a pass to David Montgomery. Montgomery's running down the field. He gets tackled by, I believe it was Leighton Vanderesh. And that brings the ball out of the field. And this is one of the most incredible plays I've seen ever. Because Micah Parsons gets double teamed on this play. And he runs 30 yards down the field to get this ball, to recover it. And then Justin Fields, instead of touching him, he actually jumps over him, which is crazy athleticism just to do. And instead of touching him, that allows Micah to get back up and run back down the field to score a fumble recovery touchdown. That is crazy. One of the most insane athletic plays, and I don't think there's more than like two guys in the entire NFL that could have done that. And I'm not even sure if there's that many. It might just be Micah. So... It's 42-23 at this point. Micah completely shuts down the game. He's the lion. He's the guy. When you need him, he will make that big play, even if it doesn't involve him sacking the quarterback. Uh, So next play, Chicago's down 42-23. And at this point, it's pretty much a wash because they just do not have the horsepower to catch up 20 points in the amount of time it needs to get back in this game. So, Chicago's next drive down 42-23. At this point, the Cowboys have kind of accepted that they're just going to run the football and eat clock. So, run defense, really struggle on this drive. In the moment, I was more upset about it. However, I think they kind of wanted Chicago to run at this point. And a lot of the stats back up. So, new acquisition Jonathan Hankins. We were using him to clog up the run game as a replacement for Quentin Bohanna as a rotational, as a rotational guy. And when Hankins was in, Chicago could not run. Most of Chicago's running yards in this game were off broken plays and just plays run away from the middle of the field. I'm not terribly worried about the run defense. They're ninth in run EPA per play. Ninth is not as bad as they were last year. Last year, they were in the 20s. This year, this is a legitimately good run defense. The yards don't say it, but most of Chicago's rushing yards in this game, they had over 200 rushing yards. Most of Chicago's rushing yards in this game were... After they were basically out of it. It was 42-23. Chicago had 100 rushing yards after that point and a touchdown. I'm fine with that. If they just wanted to eat clock themselves, I'm, I'm cool with that. So one of the things that really got noticeable at points in this game and on this specific drive, Demarcus Lawrence really, really struggles to wrap up mobile quarterbacks. He had so many pressures on fields, it felt like, where he just got completely, he just completely whiffed. And I don't know what you can do about that. He's just not as young as he used to be. He over-pursuing, it's not Brady out there. I think that's just kind of a discipline thing that you have to kind of get used to over the bye week. Maybe over the bye week they 
deal more with it. But I don't know what you do about that other than just be than just be more disciplined. That's really all I can ask. So they get they drive down on the field. Fields finds Cole's Fields finds Cole Komet in the end zone. Uh, and at this point, the Dallas secondary is so beat up. We're basically starting third stringers. Jaron Curse dealing with a myriad of injuries. Uh, Kelvin Joseph is forced into is forced to play significant time with Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown both go, both being hurt. Brown came back in this game, but he did get but he did get hurt at one point in this game. And Jordan Lewis is out for the year now after his list rank injury last last week. Jaron Curse, Malik Hooker didn't play in this game. Another safety out. Donovan Wilson cramped up in this game. He left. So we had Israel we had Israel Mukuamu and Marquise Bell playing extended snaps. Same with uh, Damone Clark. Damone Clark got his NFL debut on defense, and he honestly was pretty solid. Anthony Barr went out with an injury, so they had to put Clark out there for a lot more snaps than I think they were expecting. And he honestly acquitted himself pretty well. Uh, Next Gen Stats had him tracked as the fastest linebacker in the in the Next Gen Stats era at 22 miles an hour. Uh, and that tracks. Micah Parsons has said that in camp battles, Clark is the only person on the team faster than him. So I am very excited to see him. Clark would have been a first-round pick, maybe even linebacker one, if not for the spinal fusion surgery that he had to, that he had to have. So I'm very excited to see what he has to the defense at this point. And at this point, it's 42-29, and Tony Pollard basically puts it away on the next Dallas drive. Dak... In the second half, didn't really have to do much. He put it away when he needed to, and they went to Pollard, and Pollard delivered on third and one. Excellent run, breaks a tackle, goes down the sideline for a 54-yard touchdown. And at that point, the game's over, and Chicago really played like it was over. They didn't really play with any urgency after that because it was 49-29 in the fourth quarter. Chicago called it, basically called it an afternoon. So overall, a really strong game, I thought, from both sides of the ball. There were some mistakes. Uh, Micah and Micah is re- is playing through a lot of injuries right now. He had the shoulder issue. He was pulling. He was pulling at his hamstring. He's got all. He's had some back issues in this uh, this season. It's just they needed the bye week really badly. A lot of our defense is beat up. I wouldn't be too worried about the run defense. That the run defense issues in this game are overblown. Without it, it's 130 yards to the best rushing team in the NFL. Chicago's gone over 200 rushing yards all the last three weeks in a row. I think they're just getting better at using Justin Fields' legs and understanding the weapon they have in him. That dude is huge for a quarterback. Uh, It's really hard to bring him down when he's that huge and that fast. So, overall, Dak played one of the best games I've ever seen Dak play. He didn't make a mistake outside of the interception, and calling that a mistake feels too harsh. I think it was completely valid to make that decision in that time, it was just a brilliant play by Eddie Jackson. I don't know what you, I don't know if I don't want my quarterback making that decision. I'd be fine with my quarterback making that kind of decision if he's also pushing the ball downfield like Dak has been since he got back. So a twenty-point win over Chicago heading into the bye week at six and two, that puts us at fifth in the NFC. I feel pretty good about that. The only issue is that the Eagles are 7-0, and I quite frankly don't see a single loss on their schedule. They're just gonna have to they're just gonna have to lose one, and the Cowboys are gonna have to win out if they want to win this division. 
At the same time, being the five seed right now, that means we would play the NFC South winner. And playing Atlanta in the playoffs sounds fun. Of course, with the Cowboys, you can never trust anything in the playoffs. I still won't believe after what they did to me last year. Uh, everything hurts after that Niners game. So this team needs to earn needs to earn it in the playoffs if they're going to do it. However, making the playoffs in back-to-back years would be a huge, a huge improvement over what we've been doing for the last 25 years. In the Romo era, they've never made the playoffs in back-to-back years, basically. Like, it... Mike McCarthy has done an excellent job changing the culture in Dallas already. Him and Dan Quinn. I think Mike McCarthy deserves way more credit for what this team is at and what they're doing than he's getting right now. Yeah, he might not be the greatest head coach, but have you seen? Aaron Rodgers is making the same playoff mistakes he's always been, even since McCarthy left. He's not the most involved head coach, He's but being a head coach is more about keeping the team on the right path. And he's letting Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore do their thing. Speaking of Kellen Moore, this is the best game Kellen Moore has called in a long time. And Zeke Elliott being out, I don't think is a is a coincidence for the play calling. So hopefully when Zeke comes back, they don't revert. With Pollard back there, they just called a much better game. They more pre-snap motion. More usage of 13 personnel, more usage of 12 personnel. They have versatile tight ends. They use them. They ran so much play action. I think with Cooper Rush in there, I think Kellen seemed to finally get that play action helps your quarterback. Like, regardless of the scenario, Dak is absolutely masterful in play action. And I thought Kellen was excellent at calling this game. There was never a point where I was like, Kellen, what are you doing? Except for maybe on the first drive when they threw this fresh play to to Pollard. But I don't, I don't think that was a mistake either. It was just poor execution by the players. So 49-29, great game. Looking ahead, the trade deadline is tomorrow. Uh, the Cowboys, I would like to see maybe a trade for a cornerback. Our secondary depth is starting to fall apart with all the injuries. Obviously, you can't plan for those, but I would expect – Maybe a trade for a corner. If I could get a wide receiver, I would love it. I know CD and Michael Gallup are good, and I know Dalton Schultz is there, but Noah Brown didn't play in this game. I don't think there was a single target for a receiver not named CD or Gallup. Uh, Jalen Tolbert got his first start and didn't get a single target. Dak just doesn't have that faith in them to be there. I don't know if you want DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, Elijah Moore. There's tons of wide receiver options. I just don't know which one I want specifically. Jerry Judy's out there too. Outside of that though, I would prefer having a DB or a wide receiver ideally. You could talk me into a linebacker because our linebacker depth's not great. Van Der Esch has played solid this year. He's been he's had one of his better years as a pro. Anthony Barr has not been great, I'll be honest. Uh, but Damone Clark, he looked good in his first snaps. Do I think... He can provide the consistent snap quality, maybe, uh, but he's still a rookie. I wouldn't rely on that. At the same time, though, I don't want to pay premium for a linebacker. I would like to see maybe a small trade for a linebacker, anything to bolster the depth on the defense, but ideally you want skill player and wide receiver or a defensive back. Uh, they go into the bye week, then coming out of the bye week, they get the Packers and the Vikings. 
to round out the NFC North trip that they're going to have to do. They play the Packers in Lambeau. That's always going to be tough. I know the Packers are down this year, but I do not. I'm not going to believe going to Lambeau that anything is going to be easy. So I'm expecting a tough game. The Packers seem to finally figure out that they need to run the ball with Aaron Jones. I'm not sure about Aaron Rodgers, but he always scares me. I am I am a PTSD ridden Cowboys fan. I so even though it's a regular season trip to Lambeau and the Packers are bad, not not gonna get too cocky about it. But really, I think what this game highlighted is just how badly this team needed Dak back. I know all the talk about Cooper Rush was stupid. Everybody knows that. But this game highlighted what Dak Prescott does for this team. At 49-29, at 49 points, the Cowboys scored the most points of any team the NFL has this year. And Dak, in the two weeks he's been back, has been top three in basically every efficiency metric. Like, this team with Dak back is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Being a Cowboys fan, though, I don't believe we're we're gonna show we're gonna show up in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. But with Dak back, you have with the NFC as bad as it is this year, you have as good a chance as you've had in decades. But yeah, overall, really strong game. I'm excited for the rest of the season. I think Dak's gonna have an excellent second half of the season. I think with the defense getting more healthy over the bye week, Zeke getting more healthy over the bye week, and Maybe seeing Tyron Smith back in the second half of the season, not anytime soon, but maybe early December, mid-December, before the playoffs, that could really bolster the team if he could get healthy. Because Tyler Smith, I love him. He's going to be great. But right now, he's not a left tackle. Not yet. He wasn't bad in this game. And Tyler Biotis, uh played maybe the best game he's played as a pro. He was excellent up the middle. Dak never really had any worry about pressure. The only time he got sacked, I think, was at the end of the game, which was incredible. However, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know why Dak Prescott is in a game up 20 after, you know, he literally got hurt on his non-throwing hand in the same game. I don't know what they were thinking, but no harm, no foul at the moment. Bye week happening. Let's get healthy. Let's enjoy the bye week. And let's chill for once. The Cowboys are drama-free for once. It's nice. Um, so if when the worst thing you can talk about the Cowboys is that they don't give Tony Pollard enough carries, this is the least drama, drama-ridden Cowboys team in the last 25 years. I Like, period. It's just a really nice team to talk about. McCarthy, excellent job with the locker room. Dan Quinn has been amazing. Kellen Moore, I got to give him props for this week. And no matter what Jerry says, this team has a cohesive locker room, and I don't think Jerry's controversies or whatever can ruin that. So yeah, trade deadline is tomorrow. We'll see if the Cowboys make a move. If they do, I might I might do a podcast for that. If not, though, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. Y'all have a great night.